Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash. They lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell. Dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master Kevin. Going around the table, John. Who's the people gonna die? Yes. I'm playing a Lunadus, Alvin Monk. Probably, definitely, for the last time. And Tal- or, uh, Hannah. I'm Hannah, and I will be playing Talia probably for the last time. And Shane. That's me playing Alexander the Human Bart. And Blake. Hi, I'm Blake, and I play the Eldritch Knight slash Wizard Juliet, who's probably going to die this session. Uh, probably. All right. So last time on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, um, you had gone to the city of Kala, and Juliet was investigating what happened to her parents, perhaps in an effort to free them. Um. They went around the town making various investigations. Um, Juliet and um, Alexander went to Juliet's childhood home to see what had uh, transpired there and if her parents were there um, to find that it had been abandoned and boarded up inside, um, had been wrecked as if it had been tossed uh, and searched. Um, They were followed by someone they tried to find out who that was, but they escaped them. Um, they hired a skeevy attorney um, to go to the town clerk to find out exactly what had happened to the property um, and her parents. They learned that the property had been seized by the city for non-payment of taxes and that her parents had been arrested, but there was no more information on them, uh, which was kind of strange. Um, she went to the town clerk and purchased the property signing her own name in the process later that night a childhood friend who Juliet had joined the guard with back in the day a man named uh, Tim Farrows who is now a sergeant investigator in the town of Kala confronted Juliet asking for her explanation and seemed hesitant to uh, arrest her right out. After Juliet agreed to give the town of Kala some information and made some, I guess, reasoning for why she had done what she had done, um, Pharaoh said he would return, um, well, not return, but meet her at a uh, lot near her parents' home. Um, the next morning with the information and evidence that Juliet had gathered. Um, after Pharaohs had left, Talia uh, went to the next room and told Alunidas and Alexander exactly what had transpired between Juliet 
and Sergeant Investigator Pharaohs. At that point, uh, Lunados decided that uh, he was out. He took whatever information that Juliet uh, and the rest of the party had gathered about the savior artifacts, including um, the location, um, possibly of the map pieces that may lead to Ruin's Egg, and decided to leave the inn. Juliet chased afterward, but not before there was a scuffle. Um, well, I want to say a scuffle, a murder out near the stables as a guard tried to stop Alunidas. At that point, Alunidas took off running through the town, um, narrowly avoiding some guards before he made it to the base of the mountains here to the east of Kala that um, separates the border of Kala and the nation of Marilesh, where um, he is being pursued by uh, multiple guards on horses and dogs. Um, Shane used, or uh, Alexander used Dimension Door to peace out, and he was able to get out of the town. And Talia was able to turn herself into a bat and flee. So, let's start off with Lunados. So, Lunados. You've ran for hours now without stopping, uh, up and down the rough terrain of the hills and mountains to the east of Kala between the city-state and the country of Marilesh. You think if you can get over the border, it might stop your pursuers, but you don't know that as a fact. But you think it's probably your best option at this point. The magic of the boots have been exhausted, as well as your fortitude as a monk. You estimate your pursuers are probably less than an hour behind you now, maybe even about 30 minutes, and they're catching up to you. You can hear the tracking dogs in the distance, and you look down the mountain slope to see the torchlight from the men on horseback below you. You think there must be at least 20 down there. The slope of the mountain is bare of trees except for some scraggly bushes that may provide some cover, but with the dogs, it may not be enough to hide behind them. So, as you are making your way up the mountain here, I'm going to need you to give me a constitution saving throw. Okay. So, constitution saving. That's just going to be my con. Base con plus proficiency bonus or no? No, well, are you proficient as a monk? Uh, doesn't look no. like it. <laughs> Six. <laughs> All right. So you're as you've made your way up this mountain through this uh, this rough terrain. Now that the uh, the boots are no longer helping you out, moving up this uh, mountain, um, you are going to take one point of exhaustion. And you're now going to have disadvantage on ability checks. So you're going to continue on for about another hour. While doing that, okay, Lunadas is going to every minute, every few minutes or so, uh, pull one of the I start pulling items out of Juliet's bags and toss them as far as he can from his path. Okay. Because fuck you, that's why. 
Thanks. <laughs> I'm so glad we were such a team. Also, I want to try and hide the ruin access stuff, but okay. I don't want to waste time digging through your bags. <laughs> um, so the ruin access stuff, are you just throwing it or are you trying to bury it or what are you trying to do? Nope, just tossing it far from the path that I'm taking. Okay. So you're going to continue on for about a uh, another hour here and um, you're starting to not be able to catch it, catch your breath. Um, go ahead and give me another constitution saving throw. As you try to push your way through your force of will up this hill. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> All right. So if I keep this up, I'm going to die before anyone gets to me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you push yourself through force of will uh, up this uh, this mountain and you're going to take another point of exhaustion and your speed is going to be halved now I'm only as fast as a normal person <laughs> yep <laughs> so uh, give me a perception check and with this one I might actually do well on let's see I'm pretty sure that's plus seven plus six that 20 <laughs> wasted that one <laughs> um so i see all i know all i am all so you, you you're not you you can't push yourself as as much as uh, you have been because you've been continuously like walking and then running and then walking and running uh as best you can and now it's gone from running to walking to walking to having to, to stop um, and catch your breath um, it takes you you know not a lot of time maybe about two or three minutes in order to get your breath back and then you continue on um, but you are losing a lot of time now that you realize it and you the, the barking is getting louder and um, the, the torchlight it's getting harder to see now because the the um, glow of the sunrise is is starting to, to pop up over the, uh, the ridge here above you in this uh, mountain range uh, that leads into Marilish. So I'm go. going to stop and rest. Okay. Uh, how long are you going to rest? Until they catch up to me. Okay. So it's assuming I've emptied the bags. Otherwise, I'd keep on going. Okay, so you empty the bags, and uh, it doesn't take long. Um, about twenty-five minutes later, um, you are going to see about twenty guards on a horseback and, and torches um, getting closer to you, and. So at this point, um, you see one of them yell out, there he is, and point to you. And you're able to see him pretty well at this point. And uh, they all start moving faster up the hill and pull their uh, swords. Um, the dogs um, start losing their minds at this point, uh, barking and pulling at the leashes of uh, the men on horseback 
and they're going to let the dogs go. And the dogs um, are foaming at the mouth at this point because after hours of tracking you and, and barking, um, their barks have become hoarse. Um, but after they're let go, the bar- barking stops as they come full speed at you. I am going to sit there. Okay. So the dogs close fast, like shorter and shorter, closer and closer until they are upon you and they are going to attack. I'm going to do nothing. Okay. So if you're doing nothing, these dogs are basically going to maul you until you are unconscious. Uh, by the time... Like that, dogs know how to not do lethal damage? Oh, and I say that because you're <laughs> unconscious by the time that the guards reach you. Oh, I'm trying to get them to kill me. Okay. Just kill oh, yourself. Well. Give me Can a uh, death saving throw. Okay. Uh, that's just a d20. Yep. Come on, failure. Damn. So the first one's a success. That's Fuck. a success. <laughs> Damn. You're alive! <laughs> so, um, you stabilized because at this point they have pulled the dogs off of you um, you are covered in scratches and bites um, you are still unconscious but you are stable um, the guards are going to take you and put you over the back of uh, one of the horses as they move their way back down the mountain uh, to the city of Kala all the times to succeed three times in a row. <laughs> when you try to fail and succeed, what have you accomplished? All right. In succeeding to fail, clearly. <laughs> okay, so um, let's change over to uh, Alexander. That's me. So, Alexander, you used Dimension Door to escape the inn out onto the streets and then run and try to find your way out of town. Um, Before you can make it all the way out of the city, there uh, have been, uh, you you hear that the the, the guard, um, the alarm's been raised, you're hearing whistles um, all over the city. Um, The majority of them since you started out here at the inn, um, you can hear it sounds like the majority of the ruckus is down towards the south, towards the docks. We're going to say like 500 feet is going to get you out about here. Or which way would you have, uh, which way have you would you have used Dimension Door to land? Uh, I believe I used Dimension Door to come this way, and then I did a sneak check to get out, and I think I rolled decently high. Okay. So we're going to say that you make it out here. Um, are you heading towards Marilesh? 
Which would be uh, to the west? Uh, I'd probably head... There is a central tension between Kala and Laskane, right? Um, uh, yes, there is. Okay. Uh... Do I know the uh, if there's any tension between Kala and Marilash? Uh, give me a history check. You got it. It's going to be a natural 20. For 23. All right. So you're very well versed on the relationships between Kala and a lot of the other nations. Um, you know that there's not exactly bad blood or outright hostility between um, Luskane and Kala um, but there is a little weirdness there because Luskane is a uh, kingdom and ruled by monarchy whereas Kala is a free state that is ruled by a council. Kala and Marilish get along uh, a little bit better um, there's actually lower tariffs between uh, Marilesh and Kala which has caused some uh, contention and strain between Kala and Liskane. Um that's mainly because uh, Marilesh much like Kala is ruled by a council and it's much more um, let's say egalitarian um, to- and uh, more accepting of uh, other races and social strata okay um yeah, I guess I'll make it my first point to head towards this game. Well, uh, oh. Marilesh, sorry. To Marilesh, okay. So you are out on the road here. The The road here is patrolled um, between here and Marilesh. Um, on either side of the um, road here, which has uh, become less paved and more... Um, sparse cobblestone and crushed rock Um, to either side of that road are mountains as this road runs through a mountain valley Um, about three hours out of town you are going to run into a patrol up ahead of you Um, it appears to be three men on horseback they don't seem to see you at this point Okay, uh, I would like to cast invisibility on myself. Okay. So. Uh, at second level. Okay, so you cast invisibility, and this patrol gets closer and closer to you. Are you just standing in the the spot, or trying to hide, or are you just standing uh, out in the road? What are you doing? I'm a hand, I'm a hide to the side of the road behind the the like off the beaten path where they probably wouldn't try. Okay, give me a stealth check with advantage. Uh, 20. Alright, so with a 20, they will pass by you. Um, You are unseen, and 20 minutes go by, and you see them um, pass out of your sight. Okay, I'll keep on uh, going down the road, uh, staying on the side off the regular path ready to bolt at any moment okay so you are going to travel for probably another hour and a half Um, at this point you're getting pretty tired and you start to see the glow of sunrise uh, to your west about that time you are going to see what appears to be a shack 
um, here to the right side of the road. And it appears that there are two guards there at the shack. You have a pretty good idea that this is the border between um, Kala and Marilesh. Okay. Uh, so it's like a little, uh, it's like the shack with uh, guards standing about. Sorry, I'm just taking a mental image of my different spells. Okay, so like you, the roads before you, um, your invisibility would have worn off by now. Um, yep. So you see the shack, and at this point, it's probably about 200 yards up in front of you. Um, to either side are mountains, um, but you can see up ahead of you, it looks like the mountains um, kind of... Uh, diverge out to form another valley up ahead of you past the uh, guard shack. Uh, the mountains here are have some um, scraggly brush and you're beginning to see some evergreen trees um, on the lower slopes. Okay. Uh, I'll just cast invisibility again and uh, attempt to bypass them, uh, okay. making a wide circle around where they are. Okay. Um, there's probably between the beginning of each mountain slope on either side in the road, there's probably a good maybe 150 to 200 feet um, on either side of the road. So you could probably move out about 200 feet to either side. Go ahead and give me a, another stealth check with advantage. You got it. 13. All right. So you start to move um, along the side here, up on the left slope. And you are, as you're moving up, um, you step on a twig and there's kind of a small pop. And you see one of the guards like glance up in your direction. And at this point, um, there's um, enough light to see in like the details within this valley and um, one of the guards a, a human man glances over and looks in your direction for a couple of moments and just turns back and um, continues talking to uh, another guard easy he day ro- he rolled a two on his perception check what a time um, what all was right. that noise <laughs> So um, you are able to sneak past the uh, the guard post here and into the nation of Marilesh. Okay. So what would uh, Alexander do now that he is out of, uh, let's say, immediate danger of uh, being pursued? Yeah, I think the first... I think the end state is to break ties with the Red Talons and any people that like, I mean, we were basically uh, uh, micromanaged in this like quest to gather all these things, right? So that's Alexander's problem and not not that he was doing all this stuff. He was being micromanaged. It was poor management. What? <laughs> Did you hear any of what I just said? It didn't click. <laughs> I heard you. 
you're doing your exit interview with Sish and you're like, you know, I, I would have really liked to stay with the company, but I just, I just, just felt that the management style just wasn't for me. Yeah, I don't think there's any advancement for me in this uh, in this system. I've gone as far as I can go. Yeah, I think uh, I think making maybe being more uh, nomadic in travel to try and uh, cover his trail so that nobody can really track him down and then maybe uh, figure out some new ambitions. I don't know. Maybe make a a Bard's College or something. Who knows? Okay. So, you cross over into the border of Merrillesh here. The closest town is Birth, which I believe was also where everybody had decided if things go, like, ass up, that's where you were going to meet? I do not want to go to Birth. Okay. I would like to uh, rather just uh, trek on to the next uh, available town. Forest okay. Peak is like a location, not a town, right? Uh, Forest Peak is actually a town uh, nestled in some uh, hills here to the south of Merrillish. Okay. Uh, I will go to Forest Peak then. Okay. So you make it to Forest Peak, which is a pretty sizable town uh, here at the base of a large hill, not quite a mountain south of Merrillish. Um as you work your way through the roads here, um, it is very, very forested um, with old growth, um, pine, and uh, deciduous trees. Um, along the way here, um, roll me 2d20s. You got it. Uh, two 17s. All right. So um, as you've made your way through here, um, the roads are somewhat patrolled, um, but as you have uh, gone through, you have had some um, scares out here on the road um, where you've seen people out in the woods that you think uh, may be bandits lying in wait, but you've been able to uh, use your wits and invisibility uh, to escape their notice, um, but you're able to make it into Forest Peak. Um, in the town here, um, most of the people are human. Um, you see some dwarves, um, some dragonborn, and something that you've heard about but you've never seen before. Uh, it appears to be some sort of uh, wood and metal construct um, that is moving around that a lot of people don't seem to be taking uh, a lot of notice of. What does it seem to be doing? Um, just uh, caring about some business. It looks like it's wearing a tool belt uh, with a, an axe and a hammer and a some sort of uh, bag, a large bag around its uh, hips. Um, you see it move over to the construction of a uh, what appears to be like a new house, and it sets to work uh, hammering some nails. Um, putting together uh, some frames work for this uh, house. Uh, you give me a history check. You got it. Uh, not 20. 
Oh yeah, you definitely recognize what this is. Um, from the tells you've heard, although you've never seen one before, this appears to be what is called a Warforged. Hmm, what a time. Not bothering me. Guess I shouldn't bother it. <laughs> um, so you go about town and you are going to notice some flyers up near um, the several taverns and ends here in Forest Peak um, that appear to be wanted posters. Um, the names and likenesses that you recognize as um, Juliet and Alunidas and not a likeness of you, but a description of you and your name. Okay, and just heads up, I did post it while you're doing your uh, your description stuff, but I was planning on using disguise self as I was going through the city. Okay. So uh, you go into the city. Uh, no one seems to to pay you any mind that they would of any other stranger that's making their way through. Okay, uh, I'd like to. How about? How many rations do you have? Uh, depends on whatever was on you when you jetted out the door. Yeah. Uh, a lot I of the stuff the was in the wagon. Holding, so. Oof. Let me bring up the inventory real quick. Yeah, I guess I should go buy some food. Uh, can I point out a general store? Uh, yeah, you have... Uh, there's two or three here in town as this is a it's a fairly uh, large sized town you would estimate there's probably anywhere from maybe 3,000 to 4,000 people that live here and probably a lot more that are passing through as this is on the uh, the main road between uh, Kala and Marilesh okay um yeah, I'll go into the store and uh, commandeer some rations. Uh, and what do you mean by commandeer? <laughs> by force? Uh, I mean it loosely as in, no, just buy, okay. buy rations. I'd like to buy uh, a month's worth okay. of traveled rations. So you're able to, to do that no problem. A month's worth of rations is going to cost you uh, about 10 gold. Okay. Unless you want to buy better rations, you could probably spend about 50 and, and get a, some stuff that would probably be fresher, but not might not keep as long. Yeah, I'll just buy, like, jerky and, like, other, uh, other long... Oh, wait, I can buy fresher stuff because Bag of Holding uh, stabilizes it, right? Stuff can't rot in there, right? No, it can still rot. It's just basically a pocket plane. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll just buy a good amount of stuff that keeps for a good bet. Okay. And then uh, I would like to use my entertainer background to uh, track down the nearest uh, tavern slash inn. Okay, you don't have uh, any uh, problem at all. Um, the nearest one and probably the biggest one is a three-story building called the Silver Pine. Okay. Uh, I'd like to go inside and uh, buy a room. Okay. For one. Um, so you go inside, and this uh, 
building is very rustic. It's uh, made out of uh, logs that have been mortared together. Um, but inside is uh, is nice, and it's got like this uh, like cedary smell uh, to it. It's uh, well kept and maintained. It's clean. There's probably 15 tables inside, a small stage uh, against one uh, or in one of the quarters nearest a window, and there is a huff elven woman working behind the bar who is uh, more than happy uh, to rent you a room for um, five silver pieces a night. Um, I'm a, you know, I'm a bit of a seasoned uh, bard. Would you mind if I perform for my night? Ah, let's hear a little bit. Sure thing. I'm going to uh, transform my uh, magic instrument into a flute and uh, give a little snippet uh, crit. Wow. So uh, she's very impressed. Um, just from um, number one, uh, you pulling out this uh, instrument and transforming into a uh, flute, she's taken uh, back a bit and her eyes go wide. And then you start playing this uh, lovely tune on a flute and she actually uh, claps uh, when you're finished. Ah, yes, that would, uh, yes, so uh, we would love to have you this evening. And yes, uh, I, I can give you the room for free if uh, you perform for, let's say, um, maybe four hours or so after sunset. Sounds reasonable to me. Or at least till you know the majority of people have left for the evening. You got it. All right. Um... So the sun goes down, and you take the stage and start performing. Um, are you still using Disguise Self? Uh, I would have, after I got the room, I would have gone to my room for the couple hours, letting it run out. And then I would have reused it as I went out for my time for performance. Okay, and you've got enough to, uh, let's say, for the next five hours, like take breaks and recast this? Uh, yeah, I have three level one slots and I still have two level three and a level four slot. All right. So um, you've expended all your spell slots, like, except for probably or whichever one that you want, um, as you need this to um, cast throughout the night um, to keep up the illusion. Um, patrons start filtering out until there's uh, only a few left and you think it's probably a good time to uh, call it a night easy, easy day so um, the uh, innkeeper um, comes up to you at the uh, the end of the night and says uh, this was quite a performance um, I never caught your name I'm I'm Dala name's Julius I'm gonna reach out and shake her hand I guess okay um, you shake her hand and like her hand lingers like a bit too long. Would you share some wine with me? Sorry, I have uh, I have other commitments that I need to get to. Oh, all right. You can see that uh, she looks a little disappointed. Well, your room's I'm waiting for you. I'll just uh, be cleaning up down here and getting the <laughs> the rest of the patrons out of. There's anything you need. And you think there's like an implication at the end of that? 
I'll she call says, for you. Anything you need. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> All right, so um, I guess you go up to your room and sleep, and the the next day wake up and recast your spells. And are you going to stay here, or are you moving on? I'm moving on. Okay. Uh, so to the west side. So now you think this is probably about uh, three days since the uh, incident in Kala, and uh, you are going to basically disappear into the woods, um, off to live your life on the run. Hunting. Maybe I can buy. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Maybe I can buy a magic item that can, uh, like the one that uh, Alunidas had that can change his face at for an indefinite amount of time. How much would that cost? Um, that's something that you could probably have commissioned. Um, or maybe even for sale in Merrillesh. This... Roll me... Roll me a d20. You got it. 14. All right, so you make it to Merrillesh and you start asking around at some of these magic shops and and there's probably about three in Merrillesh. Um, the first two you go to are kind of like a, a more like common uh, magic shops with uh, that sell potions and ink and uh, paper and spell components. Um, and then um, they point you um, to a branch or um, what am I trying to say? Franchise of the uh, wizard's wardrobe where you are able to find one uh, there for uh, 1500 gold pieces. Hmm. A little steep. Is there something that I could do to maybe cut the price? Mm, such as what can you do uh i'd say i'm a this, little uh, magically there is a uh, an elven man uh dressed in some uh fine green silver robes there i'd say i'm a bit magically inclined or maybe you need uh somebody to uh deal with some issues that you're having can you enchant magic items i can identify hmm that might be use for you it's Hmm. And um, let's say I hold you on retainer to uh, identify magic items when I don't uh, really have the time as uh, I'm just sort of busy enchanting and doing some custom work and it's just very draining and of my resources and time. So let's say I give you... Mm, yeah. 50 gold per identification. Mm, how about 55? Give me a persuasion check. 11. No, 50 is the going rate. And I'm doing Please you the favor here. Sounds good to me. Alright, how much gold do you currently have? Uh, I currently have 276 platinum, 809 gold. 276 platinum? Uh, that's more than enough to buy this item, because that's 
like 2,000 and some gold. I mean, 50 gold's a lot. Okay. For one, for one identifying. Maybe I can stick around for a week and uh, get a couple. One fiftieth of the two hundred fifty seventy-six platinum. What? That that's two that two seventy-six platinum is two thousand seven hundred and sixty gold. You have way more than enough. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't have enough, but like, he wants to start a new life. He needs a lot of that. Uh, you could found a kingdom on that much platinum. <laughs> oh yeah. A small. Then I guess. Yeah, I'll just buy it outright then. Okay. That's, uh, I didn't realize how much uh, money I had. Unless you're wanting to settle down and start a life here in Merrillish as uh, being a uh, identifier. Probably not. All right. So uh, you pull out the platinum and you're able to purchase a hat of disguise. What a time. I will uh, take the hat in disguise and uh, put it on and then just use it to auto refresh my uh, my current physical state okay feels nice not having to burn uh, 12 spell slots a day so after that you walk out of the wizard's wardrobe and disappear into the throngs uh, or masses of uh, people here in Merrillesh So let's move over to Talia. She's so a bat right now. You are a bat. You are flying out of the city of Kala. And how long does that last? I actually checked it, um, and I will link it in chat. It doesn't have a duration. So Talia stays a bat for the rest of her life. No. Living as a bat. No, she is, however, going to fly and eat bugs along the way to keep herself up uh, east and north for as long as you will let her. Okay. So um, you make your way. Or west and north. Sorry, west and north. Okay. West and north towards uh, Lightdale. Uh, towards, um, no, towards like Prospect or River Point, like in that direction or Haven, I guess is a closer, but like that kind of line west. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's north, that's north, north, northwest, I think. All right. So, or just uh, might be northwest either way, that direction. So you, uh, fly to the west of Kala out over the water, um, towards uh, Prosperia Island. From there, um, you fly across the uh, the sea here to uh, into Merilesh. Um At this point, you've been flying for hours, and even though you're a bat, bats don't have unlimited stamina. So you're not wrong. You are going to have to land soon after... Um, you cross into Merrillesh. Um, whether you want to stay or bat it or not is uh, your prerogative. Um, but at this point, the uh, sun has uh, come up over the horizon. And you can see uh, not as much glow anymore, but you can see like the, the actual sun coming up. Um, 
I am going to. I've eaten as a bat. Yeah, can we can we agree that I I caught some buggies along the way? Yeah, you're not hungry. Okay, cool. You're probably exhausted going... at this point. Give me a Constitution saving throw. Uh, okay, that's fuck. Twelve. Um, after like crossing an island and a sea, um, you're gonna take one point of an exhaustion. Uh, you're gonna have disadvantage on ability checks. It says that exhaustion level no effect at first level. Uh, that's not true. You have a disadvantage on ability checks. Oh, there it goes. It finally updated. Okay. Um, I am going to find a tree and sleep in it as a bat because, like I said, it has no duration and it doesn't require. Like I don't. I feel like I'm wrong. Does and I don't know how to fix that. Uh, it requires darkness to turn into a bat, but it does not require darkness to stay a bat. It only requires darkness to remain flying if you choose to use the flying option on the cloak. So it's just like, we're just turning this into the B-movie, but for bats? Yeah, while wearing the cloak in a di- an area of dim light or darkness, you can use your action to polymorph yourself, transforming into a bat. While you are in the form of the bat, you retain your intelligence, wisdom, and charisma scores. The cloak can't be used this way again until the next dawn. Um, so, like... The, the operative word here, let me stop you, is polymorph. Is it polymorph? Yeah, so polymorph is a duration of up to one hour in concentration. Okay. So I can get an hour away as a bat. Yeah, so... Which um, would be how far? We'll say an, an hour pro- is probably going to get you... Um, what's, your, what's the fly speed of a bat? 60 feet. 60 feet. Okay, so we'll say, and this is probably being generous, is you can make it to Prospery Island. Okay, then I will find what's on Prosper Island. Um, give me a history check. Okay, I I thought for sure I'd just be able to see whatever's there, but well, you're flying at night too, and most of the things are eleven. All right, so um, you don't know much about this, but flying over the island um you are going to see some some sparse roads it's mostly covered by trees um you are seeing uh, some settlements that were on the um eastern coast here that appears to be some sort of like fishing village um there's some docks here but you're flying over at night and anyone or anything that you would be able to get a read on what's going on here um, is asleep for the night. Okay. Um, but you're seeing, you know, like a scattered village here, a smaller village there. Um, you know, it's, it doesn't appear to be that populated. Okay. I'm going to aim for an unpopulated area. Okay. So um, you're able then- to find like a wooded area out here that doesn't appear that there's any settlements or houses nearby. Which would mean it's darkness, yeah? Yeah, it's dark. Can I then use the flying option on the cloak to just fly to the mainland? Um, yeah. Hold on just a second. Let me read the cloak again. Uh, while wearing this cloak, you adva- have advantage on dexterity, uh, stealth checks. In addition, in an area of dim light or darkness, you can grip the edges of the cloak with both hands and use it to fly at a speed of 40 feet. If you fail to grip the cloak's edges while flying in this way, or you're no longer in dim light or darkness, you lose this flying speed. Okay. 
Um, so flying this way, how long does it last? It's like it's just it as long as you're say. holding, as long as you're gripping the. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Okay, so yeah, you're. I mean, you're able to. Um, you're going to be able to fly uh, across uh, over into the Corvell region of Merlesh that way. Okay. But at this point, uh, I mean, even though that you're flying this way, it is going to take like some effort to fly this way. So give me an, uh, another constitution saving throw. Because at this point, you've been up all night. Uh, 14. Uh, okay. So you're not going to take another point of exhaustion. Um, but you're getting pretty tired by the time that um, you make it over into the Corvell region. And at this point, the uh, sun is coming up. All right. I want to land in some woods and find some bushes or something and fall asleep. Okay. Because at this point, like uh, as the sun's coming up, you, you don't immediately fall to the ground, but you, you get lower and lower and lower and you're trying to like will it to, to go up and it won't. So you think that the, the light is starting to affect it. So you're able to find a unpopulated area and settle down into some bushes. Okay, perfect. So the night goes by uneventfully, or well, I guess at this point, the, the afternoon, um, you're very, very tired. Give me another constitution saving throw. Wouldn't I have slept? Um, yeah, would? this is to see like if how long you sleep as tired as you are so with like a a uh, three there um you are going to sleep almost probably 16 hours so by the time that you wake back up um the sun is about to to set perfect and you're hungry um oh god what do i have in my bags money i have money in my bags and that's about fucking it um you try eating the gold <laughs> you can eat anything once whether it kills you or not is a different story um I will um turn back into a bat as long as the the light is dim enough for me to and fill my belly with bugs okay you're able to do that cool and I will continue uh in the process I'll continue flying uh northwest towards haven okay so we'll say in the course of about four days, um, you're able to make it to Haven. Um, are Perfect. you stopping in the town? Uh, yes, to see if I can pick up some provisions. I will use disguise self uh, to disguise myself as a mid-twenties guy. Okay. So um, you make it to uh, the outskirts of Haven, and this appears to be um, kind of of a smaller village. You think, looking at it, there may be anywhere from um, three to four hundred people that live here. Um, there is a a couple of small docks outside of here, um, the town uh, on the river that runs through here. Um, that appear to be fishing boats. Um, one looks like a river boat that has been laden with uh, cut evergreen trees um, that's probably headed to Merlesh. Um, 
you enter the town here and it's kind of on the rough side. Um, the houses, while not squalid, um, are of uh, poor quality. Um, by the time that you make it here, um, it's uh, about 10 a.m. Um, there's a couple people out on the street. Um, you see some kids that are um, hanging out outside of the inn. Um, you see a couple of workers who have axes um, that appear to be having uh, either breakfast or lunch or brunch or something um, outside uh, the tavern here at some tables. So are you looking for a general store? Yes. Okay. So uh, you find a squat one-story building that's probably 50 50 feet by 50 feet uh, called Woodcutter's Haven. And um, you go inside and there is a dwarven man with uh, slick back, brown hair, wearing a leather apron um, that is working behind the counter that sees you walk in. Says, uh, yeah, what can I do for you, sir? I would like... You got to make your voice uh, lower. My apologies. Hold on. <clears throat> I would like some road provisions, if you will, please. Nah, that's easy enough. Looking for some uh, some oats, some grain, maybe some jerky, some cheese. Yes. All right. So, how how many days you need? Um, two weeks worth. I am taking an extended journey. Ah, going on an adventure? Oh, all of the adventures. Haha. <laughs> what you looking for? Uh, especially jerky, but some oats, some, some, uh... <laughs> That's not what I'm talking listed. about. I don't... <laughs> oh, what kind of journey? Ah, fuck. Um, uh, just want to see the world, and, uh... I figured it was time. I, I inherited a small amount of money and uh, figured it was the time to to take a walk about. Oh, did you know? Well, you're still young. You still got some piss and vinegar in you. Probably good that you get it up now before you settle down. Precisely what my mother said. Aye. And uh, you're going to see him uh, gather up, uh, measure out some oats and pour them into a burlap sack and does the same thing with some uh, some grain or some flour and then uh, is going to uh, pull out a sizable bit of uh, jerky, put it in another burp lap sack and then he's going to take like a big uh, block of cheese and wrap it up in some wax paper and he's going to take it all and uh, put it in a, uh, a uh, bigger burlap sack and hands it to you he's like, yep it's uh that idea for about a month. Um, it's going to be about uh, 70 gold. Uh, I will pull out 70 gold and hand it to him. Thank okay. you, kind sir. Ah, thank you for uh, your patronage and uh, good luck to you out there in the world. I hope you find what you're looking for. I do as well. Um. And I will walk out and start heading out of town. Okay. Um, I'm going to look around and see if anyone has puppies for sale. You look around oh. and 
you don't see any pet shops or anything, but uh, you notice that there is a, a group of boys that are playing in an alley beside one of the, the shops uh, that appear to be um, uh, playing with a, uh, a, a dog that appears to be like a Labrador. Um, by your estimate, um, it's probably less than a year old. And uh, uh, they're playing with it pretty roughly with a stick. Oh, are they are they beating a dog? Am I going to have to go John Wick on these fuckers? Uh, I wouldn't say exactly beating it, but... I'm going to walk up to them and say, Excuse me, what are you doing? Nah, just playing with the stray. Found I'm it out here behind the, behind the, uh, the shop here. I'm going to pick up the dog... Uh, oh no, I'm not. I'm I'm not going to pick up the dog. That's a really bad idea. Um, I am going to step up to them, pull out a gold for each of them, and say, "Leave the dog be. I'm taking it with me." Eh, whatever. It's not ours. And they take the. Uh, you hand them the gold, and they take off running towards the general store. How much gold is that? Uh, there's about five boys here. Perfect. You appear to be like 12, 13 years old. All right. And then I'm going to uh, take a length of rope out of my sack, which I have because I have a thing that gives me rope uh, that I've never used. So fuck it. Right. Um, <laughs> the bag of endless rope. No, no. I think Juliet had that. It wasn't the bag of endless rope. It's literally just one of the supplies that you get for for, you oh, know, 50 feet of hip rope. Yeah, exactly. Just, but we never use that because we have an endless rope. So I'm going to take some of that out, take a length off, tie it around the doggo's neck and give him some jerky and start walking out of town. Uh, give You pull out the jerky. Give me an animal handling check with advantage. 14. All right. So you pull out the jerky and it, it takes it. And uh, is chowing down on it, and you pull out the the rope and start to put it around its neck, and it starts to growl. And then I'm gonna you, pull out more jerky. Uh, you pull out more jerky, and it gets interested in the jerky again, and uh, you're able to uh, slip the rope around its neck, and uh, doesn't appear to be too concerned about it. All right, so we're just gonna walk out of town. Okay. And make camp. Do you want to do anything else? Maybe buy a horse or any other supplies? Uh, yeah, actually, let's let's buy a horse. And I have all kinds of fucking money I've want I've been wanting to spend. Uh, does anybody have any horses for sale? Um, I'll refresh my disguise self just in case it's been an hour. Or let's um, just assume that I disguise uh, that I refresh it at the hour mark. Okay, so hour goes by. You refresh that. You still got the dog. Um, you're able to find some stables. Um, about two buildings down from the inn um, where they have um, some, they've got three ponies um, and then two horses there that are for sale. I'll take the healthier of the two looking horses. Okay, so the healthier the two looking... Or actually, I, I'm going to ask if any of either of them can pull a cart. So uh, you talk to a, a human man here who's... Uh, probably a little past middle age. He's got some salt and pepper going on. Uh, he's human. And I uh, says, ah, I guess uh, any one of them uh, could pull a cart. I don't really know much about them. Uh, they belong to uh, a, c- 
couple people came through town and, uh, well, let's just say, uh, they got a little rowdy and, uh, the, uh, good people here of, uh, Haven did too, take too calmly to that. So, um, they're dead now. And, um, you know, dead people's horses come, uh, pretty cheap. I'll take the bigger of the two. Well, all right. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'll take both of them. How much is that going to cost me? Um, he looks at you and says, ah, both of them. Hmm. And, uh, I could probably pot with them for, uh, let's say, uh, 120 gold. Can you throw in uh, a month's worth of food for them? Uh, give me a persuasion check. I'm good at that one. 19. Hmm. I could probably do that. See, uh, how about a uh, month's worth of food for them? I mean, it's just oats. Mm, 135 gold. That sounds very reasonable, sir. Thank you. All right, deal. And he spits in his hand and holds out his hand for you to shake. Uh, disguise self. Will I be able to... Will, will he be able to tell... Like, I don't know how it Probably. works. I've been afraid to touch people. Yeah. It's an illusion, not really like a full change. So you are still your regular height. Oh, yeah. The changes wrought by the spell fail to hold up to a physical inspection. Um, I am going to... Uh, fuck. Coronavirus. Oh, fuck. Dude, inappropriate. Way too young. Um, <laughs> I, I am going to... Uh, 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 say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I have a fear of touching people. I don't know. Uh, why? Uh, oh, all right. Give me a deception check. Eleven. Okay, he looks at you kind of weird. Oh wait, I still have my, I still have my cloak. Hold on. Does that give me? No, not for deception. Damn. Oh yeah, it's just Dex. Sorry. So uh, he looks at you kind of strange in his hands, like out there for you to shake, and then just slowly pulls it back to his side and wipes his hand off on his apron. And he's like, uh, whatever you say. I'll yeah. pull out an extra 15 gold for him. Damn. So you got your two horses. You were uh, asking about uh, a cot. Still looking for yes, that? Yes, if you happen to have one of those. Absolutely. Well, I, I don't, but uh, the guy that runs the general stall down there, I think uh, his uh, cousin builds them. Uh, thank you for the information, sir. I will head that direction. Um, and I will, I don't know, I guess load up the horses? Uh, or I will say, uh, I'll be back for the horses once I... No, that doesn't make sense. Hold on, fuck. I'm so lost. I'm sorry. I... I should not have been an older person. I should have been a halfling. That would have made way more sense. Because halflings are small like me, so it would have held up to physical inspection fairly well. I will, uh... Say... I'll take the horses. Fuck it. Yeah, no, I'll I'll grab the horse's reins and hope that he doesn't fucking notice. Okay. Uh, give me... Give me a slide of hand check. 15. Yeah, so you go over and uh, 
he, he you get the horses and he hasn't given you any like tack or anything for them you just have the horses so um, you go over and take what rope you've got left and create like a uh, makeshift bridle and some reins for these things and uh, he's really not paying any attention to you at this point he's off doing something else so he doesn't notice anything strange so we'll say uh, you take the horses go back to the general store and uh, the uh, guy running says uh, he's uh, able to uh, get you a small cart for the low low price of um, 75 gold all right, that sounds reasonable. Um, it's really not, but you said that you came into an inheritance, so you're getting the feel that he's fleecing you. That's fine at this point. I have. <laughs> I am so disappointed in myself. This is the end of ca- the, of the campaign. I have six thousand gold and hundred and twenty six plat to spend. <laughs> like so you said that you're, I could start a small nation, and I want to, but I don't think you'll let me. <laughs> You know what this reminds me of? Small keep out in the wilderness. Be fine. You're like Richard Pryor in Brewster's Millions, where he's got to like spend like the thirty million gold (laughs) in order to be able to get three hundred gold or three hundred million gold. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. (laughs) So, so yeah, so no, that's fine. Seventy-five gold for a cart—that's probably shit. I don't care at this point. I just want to tack up the horses and get out of town before I run out of spell slots. Okay, so uh, he tells you where you could find uh, his cousin, who is on the uh, the outside of town here to the north. Um, you can see like two carts that are out there that are built, and it looks like he is working on a uh, a third cart that's much smaller that kind of looks like a like a small like rickshaw carriage or something. Um, but you're uh, able to meet with him and uh, you give him the uh, the 75 gold and um, you're able to get a decent cart. I mean, they're they're not shit. They're pretty well made. Um, looks like uh, it's well built and it's even been lacquered uh, to prevent uh, weathering. So at this point, you got your two horses, you got your dog, you got your cart and the world is Talia's oyster. Excellent. I am going to head... I'm going to get on the road and travel uh, somewhere. Where should I Where should I go if I want to set up... I. You know what? I don't even want to set up anything. I just want to buy a small house and live on a farm. Okay. Um, so you're able to travel, you know, around. And, I mean, there's plenty of places where you could set up here. Um, we'll say that you cross over the river into uh, Deer Mill... Um, where you are able to buy some land um, from a um, not a mayor but like a um, a merchant uh, that lives uh, near, near uh, Deer Mill out near the other uh, side of the, uh, the river on the east here um, who will sell you how many acres do you want to buy? Um, uh, 20. Okay. So that sounds like a reasonable number, right? Um, yeah, I mean, depending. Well, if you want to farm, you're going to need more than 20 acres. Uh, so, I mean, 50 well, acres I mean, would probably be a good start. All right, yeah, 50 acres. Okay. Well, I want to, I kind of want to do a horse farm, like make a horse farm. Okay. Start, you know, start breeding horses. Fuck, I don't know. 
I just need to spend money. Like, I feel like I have to before we start the next campaign. Okay, so we'll say that uh, you buy 50 acres and later on, you know, you, you buy more and more as uh, your your horse breeding business grows over here. So um, for the, the 50 acres of land, we'll say that you spend 750 gold on it. Um, and then I guess you start breeding with the, the horses that you have here and, uh, uh, I'll pick up some more horses too while I'm in deer mill. Okay. Um, so you buy some more horses and you're able to, uh, create a, uh, horse farm here outside of, uh, deer mill. Uh, what, what are you going to call the farm? Um, that's an excellent question. Uh, how much, you know, never mind. It doesn't even matter. Um, I don't know why I'm trying to keep track of Abbott's farm money that isn't gonna. <laughs> no, no, that's too obvious. I, I, that's like, oh hey, we want to find this young child who had a dog that she loved and tried to replace, but it probably failed, and she misses him. Let's let's look for the place called Abbott's farm. Um, no, uh, hold on. I can I can I have an idea, but I have to. And where is Abbott? Abbott is supposed to be with Alexander. Yeah, that didn't happen. But he didn't say anything about him. So. I forgot until we finished up. I'm like, well, it's too late now. Yeah, he pieced the fuck out. he's wandering the woods. Actually, he would be. Which makes me feel so bad. He would probably be a stray on the streets of Kala now. (laughs) That makes me sad. I don't like it. Actually, he's he's been standing. He's been outside the inn now for about two weeks, waiting for you to come back. Waiting for you. Oh God. No, don't. No, there's a reason I've never watched. What's that show? Futurama. Yeah, never watched Futurama, and I won't. <laughs> um. You just Keelan. Have to... Uh, Keelan Farm. Okay. So, Talia begins her career as she. Uh, grows into uh, womanhood and uh, runs this uh, this farm outside of uh, Deer Mill which I'm uh, assuming you're probably going to uh, live out the rest of your life here in peace yay she lives except for the occasional murder just for fun that's unexplained just to keep her hand in <laughs> right just horse farmer slash dagger for hire. <laughs> so, now let's switch over to Juliet. So, Juliet. It's been a week now since everything went sideways at the inn. Your friends abandoned you. Alunidas ran with your belongings, including all the clues you had to the locations of the savior artifacts and ruins egg. Your spellbook, all your supplies, everything was gone. Your biggest bargaining chips you had probably for to be considered useful at all with this evidence uh, are gone. And with those chances, your life's probably gone as well. Your childhood friend, Tim Farrows, a man of whom you had grown up with and joined the guards of Kala, is now a sergeant investigator, showed up at your room at the inn, 15 minutes later after you heard the commotion outside he told you that your companion the elf had killed a guard outside the stables and the town was in high alert 
You could see the tears welling in his eyes as he placed the manacles on you and escorted you outside to a waiting squad of collie guards and a cart that you took to the prison known as the locker near the center of town. Here you've waited. No one has come to talk to you or, or to interrogate you. The only people you've seen are other prisoners who have come to deliver your meals and to remove your waste bucket. You've tried casting all the cantrips you know, but the silver collar that they put around your neck prevents it. You've seen these used on magic users before and knows it prevents them from casting any magic. Around noon on the eighth morning, you hear the iron cell door begin to open. At least you think that's right. It may be noon as there's no sunlight you can see from your cell. You've been in a cell in the lower levels of the prison where they keep the maximum security prisoners. And the door opens and you see no less than six guards at the door. There's a dwarven man who stands in front of the rest with a short red beard and the marking of a sergeant on his breast. He throws a double set of manacles that connect arm and leg chains to you. And he says, Put these on or I'll put them on you. And I won't be gentle, Talon. Yeah, Juliet will put him on. I mean, she's she's kind of resigned to her fate at this point. Okay. So, you are escorted through the lower levels of this prison here to an interrogation room. And inside the windowless room is a table and a couple of chairs. And they sit you down at a chair on the far side of the table facing the door. And they chain you to a loop on the floor. There you sit alone for an hour before the door opens and in walks a halfling. He's a bit older with salt and pepper gray curly hair. And he's wearing a charcoal leather armor suit and a blackish green breastplate with the symbol of the companions, the real companions. Not far behind him walks in a hulking silver dragonborn and you immediately recognize him as Cull. He begins to snarl and say something when the halfling turns quickly and gives the dragonborn a stare. And Cull stops. Then he walks over to the corner beside the door and stands, not saying a word, but glaring at you and stroking the hilt of the dagger at his belt. The halfling walks up to the table and sits down and opens the ledger and reads for a few moments, moments and then looks up at you. Juliet Starstorm, daughter of Syndra and Kovac Starstorm of Kala. See here a wizard of some middling power, formerly a guard of Kala, and presently a traitor to the state, Suel, the sentient races, and a member of the Red Talons. I trust you've been treated civilly? So far, yes. I presume maybe this is a bit presumptuous, but I presume you are Orn, right? Yes. I am Orn Daver, leader of the Companions and a member of the Savior's Vanguard. I'm here to take your statement and confession. I'm a reasonable man, and I do not wish this to be uncivil. I will be asking you some questions to which you cannot lie. And he looks over to Cull, and Cull speaks a word, and you feel something happen. To you, you're not sure what, 
Um, I'm going to need you to give me a wisdom saving throw. It's going to be a three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> After Call makes this uh, gesture and gesture and speaks a word, Orin says, "You may try to evade the questions or refuse to answer, but that will not go civilly for you." As my friend here, Call, you two have met, yes? Of course we have. Well, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, Call, for any trouble I have given you. And he snorts, and Orin says, uh, "Well, <laughs> he's more than eager right now to make things go poorly for you. Do we understand each other?" Yes, completely. You have confessed your involvement with the Red Talons and various other crimes within and without the city of Kala to Inspector Sergeant, former Inspector Sergeant Pharaohs. Please, for your confession, could you recount and enumerate those for me? And he picks up a, uh, a quill and he's got some parchment in front of him to take notes. Okay, um, some of these are not technically crimes because there's no law out there um, in some of the other states that cover these, but I'll try to be comprehensive. Um, I betrayed... I will make those decisions. Okay, fair, fair enough. Um, you are the one in charge here. I betrayed one of my fellow uh, guardsmen to uh, a fact when we were first sent to the uh, a temple of the Raven Queen to stop some necromancers, um, I made a poor decision and assisted in killing them. I was a, uh, what would you call it? Uh, an accomplice to a raid and torture and killing of the mayor of Kala, I believe as well as stealing um, books from his library and a sword, which I, if you simply remove the magical restraints you have on me, I, I can give it to you. That'll um, be fine for now. Continue. Yes, well, um, the church that is in the city uh, to Arathis, we burned down, killed most of the priests inside, Actually, maybe we killed all of them. I don't remember exactly. But there was that. Um, we... I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously we conspired with the Red Talons, which are an illegal terrorist organization of some sort. I, I think that's technically a crime. We freed a prisoner who was being punished justly by I assume the the uh, country of Solsunder there was a city near Ashfell maybe that was it um, but we freed a prisoner there who was also a member of the Red Talons we I don't know if it was exactly caused or attempted to cause maybe Cull can recount because he was there um, a conflict between Ashfell and some orcs in the area 
he snorts at that. Uh, again, I- I'm sorry. Um, uh, inside the cave that we were treated to, we also made several deals, or I guess maybe one deal, with a priestess of love. Um, you say that, and his his ears perk up. A priestess of love. Go on. Yes, well, um, I'll give you a bit of information on that. The priestess of Loth was said that her patron was interested in freeing Runaxis as well, so I guess the drow are involved as well? And we so far, a- so far, Orin's expression has been blank, and he's been hard to read, but you see him, like, raise an eyebrow and, like, lean forward to you. Yes, so I guess that's um, two things in one, a an evil deity, and there was some sort of other being there. I am not sure if they were a demon or what, but they were, maybe it was a seer, I don't remember. Exactly. Another person other than the priestess? Yes. I don't recall exactly who it was. Give me a deception. Well, you can't lie. Oh, yeah, I can't lie. So um, it was Sish, right? No, it was Nifron. Oh, I didn't even remember Nifron. Damn, that's how much I remember of him. Yeah, no, Julia will be truthful about that. There was another um, drow, or not drow, uh, high elf by the name of Nifron. A high elf, do you say? Yes. And he gives a little look to, uh, to call, and he nods. Then turns back to you. Had you met this Nifron before? As I heard he'd operated in Kala around the time that you were operating there. Um, I don't recall. I I believe we may have met him. No, um, that's a lie. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> you can't lie. Damn it. Uh, no, we, we were unaware of who this person was. But he was described as Nifron, was he not? That is correct. And did he have the same form as he did when you met him later? Um. The answer is no. No, right? Yeah. No, he had a a different form. I don't recall what it was. (laughs) And how long? I don't remember what it was. Yeah. (laughs) And how long did you work with this Nifron? Um. Up until. Nearly a year. Has it been a year? Has it been that long? Talia's 13 now. Well, okay, now she's probably like... But we didn't didn't actually meet Nifron until... Right, but she went to... After the Isle of Insight and after... It was probably like eight months or so. Yeah, I was going to say nearly a year because I know she turned 12 and then right after he left, she turned 13. Okay. So, um, about eight months, thereabouts... In this Nifron, did he happen to mention what his involvement or motivations in all of this was? Not to me specifically. Okay. And what happened to him? One day he up and left. Um, I'm not sure where his whereabouts are right now, but he's certainly still out there. Did he say why or where he was going? Not that I recall. Simply that he'd been bid by whatever master. I love that half of this interrogation is literally just Blake being like, I don't fucking remember. 
I don't remember a lot about Nifron because I I did not like him as a character, so I remembered very little about him. I'm sorry. And a, a lot of this too is just kind of like recount and wrap up everything that's happened in this evil campaign so far. Yeah, yeah. So it's as much a, a history lesson. Um, so uh, he says, uh, "All right, who else are your contacts and cohorts in these uh, red talons?" We already have the elf, the bard, and the little girl that you've been traveling with in custody. What are their names for the record? Um. Okay, question. Uh-huh. Just point of order. Is it just Juliet that has to tell the truth? You don't know whether or not Orin made his save or not. He almost certainly did, but... Yeah, if you're saying that, that they have them in custody, then... You don't know this. You're not there. <laughs> Quit metagaming. One more just, meta game just, and you get to re-roll a new character. <laughs> just checking, because, uh, yeah. Anyway, go on. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so we had um, a few contacts. There was one in Kala. I don't know what happened to him, and I don't remember his name, but he was running some sort of um, massage business. <laughs> yes, Davik. He's been dealt with. Yes, Davik. Um, there was also a, oh, I guess he technically wasn't involved with us, but there was a beastman. Um, you speak of Vito. Yes, Vito. Um, he was with us, and when we killed the two guards associated with the city early on, he chose to run instead of help or either side. So I don't know if that counts as accomplice or not. He's been dealt with. He ran back to Kala and told us exact, told the guards here exactly what happened. Oh. That was responsible for the brief imprisonment you had here in Kala on your return back from to procure the Ring of Plains before you were broken out of prison and guards murdered. Yes, um, sorry about that. Um, so... Uh, other accomplices. Our very first contact was uh, a black dragonborn by the name of Sish, I believe. Yes. He... Do you have any Sorry. idea where he is? No, he finds us, but his last whereabouts were in the city of... Or not city. Uh, the the town? Is it is Hedgedale a town? Yeah. Uh, the town of Hedgedale. And uh, he makes a note of that. Uh, you haven't answered my question yet. The oh, elf, the bard, and the little girl. What are their names? For oh, the record. Um, yes. The elf is Alunadas. He is a monk from some sort of monastery in the mountains to the north. Do you know anything uh, else about the monastery? It was dedicated to Runaxis, I was told. Other than that, I don't know. Do you have any idea where it was? It must have been somewhere north of Feydale, but it, it was likely in some frozen wasteland, I'm sure. Uh, the mountains, I believe. It was before we destroyed it. Several were able oh. to escape. Did he say where there may be backup temple or somewhere they may go if they were attacked? I don't know about a backup place that they would 
go, but I do recall there was a temple that he had dedicated to uh, under the guise of a temple of cord. I believe that was in Hollow's Point. Was that in Hollow's Point? Yeah, it was Hollow's Point. Yeah. He used his gold to kind of construct and assist in making a temple to Cord, which was actually a front for the Red Talons and a priestess of Tiamat. And who is this priestess in her cohorts? I have no clue. Her name was sure Char. She was a white dragonborn. Right. And there was Brawl, that barbarian. Brawl. Oh, you mean the guy who was there for one session thing? Yeah. Is that Brakul? Uh, Brakul, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then there um, was, uh, what was his name? Ison, who was oh, the... Oh, uh, yeah, Ison. <laughs> that was the uh, the wizard that had been controlling the uh, paladin of Arathis. Mm-hmm. So we'll say you dump all that information on him. Yeah. All right, so he takes down all the uh, the notes and uh, he says, uh, anyone else? Oh, um, yes. There is a bard who was with us through all of this, I suppose, um, by the name of Alexander. He had an alias of um, Roland Mossbridge. And he writes it down. And the little girl. I don't want to tell you anything about her. She's special to me. (laughs) She has been very obstinate, but you're not doing yourself or her any favors. What's her name? She's been calling herself Jessica. Oh, so you know that already. Um, her name is Talia. Please don't do anything to her. Please don't hurt her. She's, she's like a child to me. And, uh, at that point, um, he's going to turn the page and says, you're responsible for stealing the Amulet of Dominion, Bonebreaker's Girdle, and the Boots of Fadel, who is currently in possession of these artifacts, to the best of your knowledge. Oh, that would be, um, Sish, that black dragonborn I had mentioned earlier. And you don't know where he is, as you have answered previously, and he writes something down in the book. So what information have you gathered about the artifacts and the Red Talons and their plot to return Ruin to this plane? Well, um, funny you should mention that. Um, before I was able, or before I was taken into custody, the elf Alunidas took all of my belongings, including my notes, on the whereabouts and the, um, I suppose other information about the Runaxis, but I can tell you that their goal is to resurrect Runaxis, and they seek both the items, uh, the artifacts of the saviors, and the... apparently there's some sort of eggshell of Runaxis's children, or some such? Eggshell? Go, uh, yes. go on. Elaborate. Well, um, from what I had heard, Ronaxis had um, some sort of brood here on the, the material plane. And I suppose one of her eggs was stolen, which was the reason for her rage? Yes, we all know this story. The quartet stole the egg. What about it now? They were collecting the egg, or at least pieces of it that remain, 
and I don't exactly remember what they were used for. <laughs> um, uh, was, well, you wouldn't a, be able to lie about this, so you'd have to tell yeah, him about the, the map pieces, not the egg pieces um, that supposedly oh, right, led right. to the location of the egg. Right. But I mean, like, what does what were the egg pieces used for again? Did, no, they were map we were pieces that led to the location of the egg. Oh, the eggs on pieces. Okay, gotcha. No, it's this amulet that uh, the uh, great uncle Reese of uh, Mayor Reese um, like his, you found in the uh, temple to the Raven okay. Queen. Gotcha. Is this what you're talking about? And he pulls up a satchel and opens it up and pulls out that bronze piece that you found in the temple to the uh, Raven Queen and sets it down on the table. Oh, um, yes. Where did you find that? <laughs> we found it with uh, up in the mountains when they were searching for the elf, your friend, the monk. Apparently he tried to discard as many items as he could before he was captured. So we're still up there in the hills coming through the, the area where we believed he was trying to find everything he may have gotten rid of. But so far he hasn't been very forthcoming with information. So my spell books might be okay. Um, there are. I think that's the least of, of your concerns right now. Your spell books. They're very important, and they they could be useful. Uh, in addition to all of the information that I wouldn't be able to give you now. What can you tell me about this? And he pulls out um, a book and puts it down on the table, and you recognize that as the uh, the journal of Sir Herschel. It appears to be in Draconic, but in some sort of code that we haven't been able to figure out yet. We've spent very little time so far on it as the monk was just captured last earlier this week. Oh, um, yes. I had actually been working on deciphering that. Um, I can tell you, and if you need this translated or whatnot, I'm more than happy to do so for you. But it was some sort of riddle i suppose um maybe not a riddle well there was a riddle but it was a journal of of sir herschel and it's um mentioned let me see my notes here uh it mentioned some sort of quest for the ages and um i suppose it was about his adventures i was only able to translate the one or at least find that one particular entry that was of any interest to me. Something about um, setting out for Darish. Okay, he writes that down and says, uh, So if you've discovered the cipher, what's the key? Oh, um, the, the riddle that I mentioned was... Oh, let me remember. I believe it was, the last is first, the first is next... Follow the loop till the text makes sense. And there was some trick to doing that where you move the words around and use them. I, I can't really explain it better than that. I'd have to show you. Show me. And he opens the book and like points to a page. Juliet will show him how to translate the text, which I, if I remember correctly, it involved taking the last word 
putting it in the front then doing so with like all of them yeah it kind of like went from the first word to the last word to the second to first word to the second to the last word kind of like in a loop towards the center and uh, you show it to him and he reads it for himself and says uh, very good your help in this has been much appreciated what else can you tell me about what you've discovered about these savior artifacts and where they may be found well, my backpack and had most of the information in there, but from what I recall, many of the artifacts were many <laughs> of the artifacts were <laughs> many of the artifacts were located in the last resting places or the last known lo- locations of the saviors themselves. For instance, we found one in Feydale, or at least in a portal near Feydale. Um, they all tended to be near the location, like I said, near the location where the saviors last were, or their homeland, or some such like that. Did you, do you have a journal or anywhere where you've written this down? Uh, yes, it's in my pack, but there should be all of the artifacts that I am, well, there was, there was also a book that mentioned... Um, exactly where these artifacts, maybe not exactly where they could be found, but clues to where they might be. And he says, uh, we've not found that with your possessions just as yet, but we're still searching. Is there anything else that you would wish to tell me before I pass sentence on you? Um, yes. I... I suppose I should mention that um, Franklin Mintz, a lawyer in the town, assisted me in acquiring my parents' property. I'm not sure if that counts as collusion, but I don't like that man. Yes, we're well aware of what happened. Your parents, I found, have not colluded and had no knowledge of your crimes or motivations. They'll be freed tomorrow without prejudice and allowed to visit you. Oh... Thank goodness. Thank you. Thank you. I. That's why I came back. Family is important, you know? Yes, I know. But you probably should have thought about that before you, you did what you did. And they have paid for it this past year. I... Yes, you're right. Um, there is one other thing. During our travels, um, when we were headed up to Asheville, there was another character who we sort of colluded with, I suppose. I, uh, I I don't remember the exact term, but he's half dwarf, half human. A noble by the name of Adel Belmont. And he uh, writes he's currently, he's currently dead to my knowledge, but he was part of an order of some sort of lawful knights who were bent on controlling Um, Maybe not the world, but certainly uh, not a very nice way of controlling towns, cities, and other people. Was he part of an organization? I don't recall. And he writes it down. So, back to the matter of your parents. We also know that you recently purchased their home that was in forfeit after their arrest and non-payment of taxes. That deed shall be returned to them without penalty or tax to sell transfer. Oh my gosh, thank you, thank you. That's 
It's a relief. I would have hated to see my parents on the street. We're not monsters, Starstorm. No, I, I suppose you're not. Well, I would like to thank you for making this go as civilly as possible. It is appreciated. I will now need you to sign this confession. And he pulls out one of the sheet of uh, papers that he's been writing on when you were recounting your crimes and slides it across the table and hands you the quill. Juliet will um, read it over once more to make sure everything is accurate, but uh, certainly sign it. Okay. So um, you sign the paper and he takes it back and reads it and checks your signature and stands up and says, Juliet Starstorm of Kala, you have confessed to high crimes and collusion with the Ruin Axis cult known as the Red Talons whose crimes and evils are too great to describe in full. By the power granted me by the Savior's vanguard with the consent of the civilized nations of Suel, including Kala, you are found guilty of the charges and sentenced to death. The sentence will be carried out tomorrow at noon. You will stay here and your parents will be brought to you so you can visit before sentence. Good day to you. Wait, please have mercy. I have helped as much as I can. I can help more. You can't sentence me to death. Why should I let you live? What use are you to us? I'm, I'm an accomplished spellcaster. I can help translate any sort of text you may run across. We have that. Oh, Anything else? Um, I can... Well, I suppose I can act on your behalf as a sleeper agent. You know, go in as a spy? They still trust me to my knowledge, and unless one of them has told the Red Talons about my betrayal, I doubt they're aware of that. It's been a week. There's Red Talon spies everywhere. I'm sure it's well known to them at this point. Good day to you, Miss Starstorm. And then you see him walk out the door, and... Call is going to walk up to the table and leans across it and gets in your face and smiles. I will see you tomorrow, Juliet. I look forward to it. Then he's going to turn and walk out the door. The door closes and an hour goes by and uh, it opens back up and you see your mother and father walk in. Um, they're both like crying. Um, your mother um, comes running to you and throws a big hug across your neck and says, Juliet, are, are you okay? Are you unharmed? I'm fine, mother. Um, hello, mother and father. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry. Your father walks up to the table and sits down, tears welling up in his eyes. He says, well, to be released tomorrow... Now that they have you, is it is it true? Is it true what they say about you and your companions? What you've done? Um, the murders? Yes. yes, Father. And your red talon? I was until I turned myself in. And he wipes away a tear from his eye. And your mother says, We, we still love you no matter what, what you've done, Juliet. I know you're a good person. So, they're freeing us 
tomorrow, are they? Are, are they? Are they freeing you as well? No, um, I am to be sentenced to death. And if at that she starts breaking down, crying, and your your father does as well. Well, you know we repot we so do we not. Yes, um, I, I, I suppose I deserve this. Why? Why did you do it? I, I was afraid, Father. Um, I had seen the power of this, this disgusting man, and I feared that if I had stayed the course and helped our town, I would die. So I accepted an offer to, well, assist him instead of doing the right thing. I was scared, and there's no excuse for that. How were you captured? I turned myself in. Um, I came here to, to free the both of you. I was not sure if you were imprisoned or not. I couldn't just leave you here. So you knew we were in prison? Not exactly. I had guessed. For, for how long? How long did you let us sit here? Paying for your crimes. I'm I'm so sorry, Father. I'm your, sure it was months. And your mother cries says, It doesn't matter now. We still love you, Juliet. And around that time the door opens and that uh, same dwarven guard comes in and says, Alright, visiting hours over. Say your goodbyes. And your mother says, I love I love you. I love you, Juliet. And your father says, I love you too. The gods have mercy on your soul, girl. Mother, father, I'm so sorry. I, I love you both. But forget about me. I'm a dirty stain on our family's history. And um, Bit dramatic, isn't that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> She's a total drama queen, haven't you noticed? So uh, your your father begins to exit, and the dwarf basically has to like pull your mother away from you as uh, he drags her out the door. So the light almost blinds you if you're led out of the prison gate and onto a cart. It's a sunny day without a cloud in the sky, and the air is a little chilly for Kala, but not too unpleasant. You're still manacled, and the silver collar is still at your throat. You're surrounded by at least a dozen guards as you make your way out to the main prison gate and onto the street. There's a few people out in the street and they notice the cart and boo at you and go on about their business. As the cart turns onto the main street leading to the city square in front of the council building, you can see hundreds of people have turned out for this event. The word has gotten out and you are a celebrity after all, as your face and description and name have been plastered all over the city of Kala and most of the uh, cities here in the civilized nations of the world. And you're also responsible for the uh, hardship they've suffered and the curfew that is currently in place in town. You see all races and ages lining the street, and they're booing and screaming, Death to the Talon! And you're smacked in the face with something. And you reach up as best you can because you're... you're kind of manacled at the waist and so you have to bend down a little bit and you wipe it off with your hand and uh, the smell tells you it's shit great 
It's what a, uh, kind of shit? <laughs> uh, so, give me a nature check. Oh god. No, uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a uh, short ride to the square where you see a wooden platform raised about 10 feet above the square. And on it, you recognize Oren, Cull, and Micah. The father of Tivit, your former companion and fellow guard, you helped Sish murder, or at least allowed it without protest. The cart stops and you're led up these steps to the platform where the trio awaits you. At the bottom of the steps, you see your parents. They're both crying as they know what comes next. The guards escort you up to the center of the platform where you're flanked by the halfling and Micah and call the dragonborn behind you. The guard then moves to the corners of the platform. Call moves closer to you and you feel his hand on your back and his breath on your neck. You ready for this, Talon? I hear you worship Tiamat. Can't imagine the fun she's got planned for you. Orin makes some hand gestures and his voice booms over the square. People of Kala and Suel, I am Orin of the Companions. Today's justice will be served to those who oppose civilization and all that is good and fair. Before you stands Juliet Starstorm, a former god of Kala, Nalared Talon, responsible for heinous crimes too long to list them all here. Chief among them, the murder of your former mayor Reese and his wife, the murders of the priests and paladins of Arathus, the destruction of their temple, theft of the savior artifacts, and collusion with the cult of Ruinaxis. The penalty for any one of these crimes is death. By the power granted by me, by the savior's vanguard, and the consent of the civilized nation-states of Suel. I find you guilty and sentence you to death to be carried out now. And Orin's going to move aside as Cull pushes you to your knees. And you can see his feet to your left, and you look up to see him begin to pull the great sword from his back. But before he can draw, you see Micah grab Cull's sword hand. He growls. This should be my stroke for what he did to my son and my husband. Give me this justice and revenge. Cull studies Micah's face for a moment and nods. He pulls his great sword from his sheath on his back and hands it to Micah. Micah is going to bend down and put his mouth near your ear and say, This is for my family. You evil red-scaled piece of dung. May you rot in the abyss with ruin. And you turn your head away, and you wait for the stroke. Seems like it's taking longer than it should. Seems like the seconds turn into, like, eternity, sitting there waiting for it. And then you see the world go sideways, and then upside down. And then you're staring at the sky, and you think to yourself... Jeez, the sun feels warm on my face. It's a beautiful day, and a bird flies overhead, and you hear the crowd roar with approval. Everything you've heard about beheadings were wrong. It's not quick, but there isn't any pain. But you try to breathe, and nothing comes. You feel like you're choking. 
Then the bright sun begins to darken around the edges of your vision, like you're walking further back into a cave while facing the entrance, until everything goes black. Appropriately gruesome. All right, so I think that is going to finish this for the episode and the second campaign here. Ooh, nice. On to number three. This episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast was brought to you by the letter E for execution. <laughs> All right, Wait, folks. I, I, I must have missed it. What ended up ha- happening to Lunadas? Last I heard, he was unconscious and being dragged away. Uh, he was captured, and that's as far as, as much as you know uh, about him, other than he wasn't very forthcoming with information and in his interrogation. And that um, he will pieces say nothing. Yeah, and pieces of uh, his belongings and Juliet's belongings had been thrown and scattered um, along this mountainside in an effort to try to uh, disguise it or uh, prevent the guards from discovering it. But in the interrogation uh, with Juliet, Juliet has seen some of the items that were found. So that will end um, our second campaign, and the next episode, you will get to meet Kraken Force 5. Even though there's (laughs) only four of us. (laughs) That's the joke, I guess. Uh, But thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us um, for this second campaign and everybody playing it. And I'm excited to see where the story goes next. Same. Thanks so much for tagging along on this journey. What a sad ending. But in the end, the totally bad got people got their justice. So twice. And Talia lived. Yay. <laughs> Some excellent role play, by the way, uh, Blake. I was very impressed oh, and happy you. with that. I'm very glad that uh, everything worked out and I tried my best and I'm glad it paid off. I think I gave Juliet a, a pretty decent send off story wise. Oh, Absolutely. It was fantastic. I I had a lot of fun. I was enjoying a, a lot of what you were saying and just the situation, the drama. It's perfect. Well, awesome. I'm sorry that I failed so hard on on my role. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling size favor, give us a five star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. The hammer gets you what they owe. Have you or a loved one who is a practitioner of the magical arts been injured by lead-based ink? I'm Hamish the Hammer, and I can get you the gold you deserve. I'm a wizard, and I need nimble fingers and a sharp mind. Lead ink took that from me. There was no warning of the side effects of lead on the bottle, and someone must be held responsible. Going to the town guard or petitioning the leader of your village takes too long when you need gold now. My professional team of negotiators gets to the root of the problem and persuades them to do the right thing. I don't get paid unless you do. Send a raven with a message about your problem to Lestane, care of Hamish the Hammer, for a free consultation. 
The music you heard on this episode was Five Armies, Eternal Terminal, Crowdhammer, Four Origins, Anguish, Death of Kings, and Temple of the Mains by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.